Welcome to Local St. Charles. This podcast is done in conjunction with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce and focuses on local businesses, their successes, their stories, and their challenges. The Local St. Charles podcast is produced by Changescape Web. Hey everybody, Ken Tucker with Changescape Web. Today I'm joined by one of my good friends, Glenetta Heyman from Heyman Law Office. Hi, Glenetta. Hi, good morning. Yeah, great to see you again. Glenetta and I work pretty closely together on a, a nonprofit dance company that we work with, Modern American Dance Company. So we've known each other now, I guess, for a little over a year or so. We spend a lot of time working on that project together. But uh, today I wanted to give Glenetta an opportunity to talk more about her law practice. So with that, Glenetta, just explain to everybody what it is that you do, what you focus on. Well, thank you, Ken, for having me on this morning. Well, at my practice at Heyman Law Office, office, what we do is we help small business owners and entrepreneurs basically build their foundation and understand their brand. We noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to start businesses, they have great ideas, they have experience, they have skills, but they don't know how to sometimes protect their brand and what that means, and that intellectual property is an asset. So we help business owners in the realms of business law, which includes contracts, and then trademark and copyright. Okay. Let's start with trademarks. There are several different components here that I think a lot of people might get confused on. And and, and a lot of people see that TM at the end of a particular phrase, and then there's uh, the R and the C. So we'll talk about all those today and what those mean and maybe the, the situations and where you want to look at applying for trademark versus copyright. But let's start with the, with the trademark first. Sure. So with trademark, The reason a business owner would want to obtain a trademark is to ensure that their brand is protected. So if you have a business name, a name that you use, a slogan, a logo that's unique to your brand, then it's likely that you may want to register for a trademark in order to protect it. And what you're protecting against is any infringers, anyone that wants to copy your brand or use your logo. And so once you register your trademark, then you will have the legal capacity to be able to sue if you find out someone's infringing on your mark. So how would you find out that somebody is infringing? Well, you can uh, you can set up uh, what's called a watch. So what we do at our practice is after we register a trademark for an individual, we offer them the ability to have a watch put on their mark. So we will constantly monitor their mark. And if anything comes up, then we will alert them, let them know the issue, and then we'll take action, including sending a cease and desist. What information should a business have to kind of back up a trademark application just at a high level? You cover a lot of that detail and you provide that service. And I've used you in the past before, so I have a little bit of experience. But again, it's not something I do on a regular basis. So if you could remind me, that'd be awesome, too. (laughs) Yeah. So in order to obtain a trademark, you just have to own your mark. And what that means is you can own it yourself. Your business can own it. And then we just have to identify that on the application, who the actual owner of the mark is. That actually adds value to your business. Once you obtain a trademark, that increases your value, your asset of your business. And if I remember right, it helps if you already have a logo that you've been using. It helps if you have a domain name that's tied to what you're trying to get trademarked and and some backup material when you provide your application, right? Yes. 
generally you're going to need what's called a specimen. So actually showing that your mark is used in commerce or used in interstate commerce. So if you're selling a product online and anyone can have access to it all over the United States, it's highly likely that you want a trademark to protect that brand. Cool. Let's shift over to talk about copyright. So what what's a copyright and when should you apply for one? Also, how do you respect the copyright of others? Mm-hmm. Copyright is a different animal. With copyright, those are your works that are actually put down on on paper or recorded. So if you have a song, if you've written a book, if you have developed content on your website, um, if you develop a curriculum, you want to provide copyright registration for that because you don't want anyone to plagiarize or copy your work. That is governed by the U.S. Copyright Office, which is a different office than the U.S. uh, PTO that governs trademarks. However, it works similarly in that if you do find out someone's infringing on your mark, you do have legal standing to sue. We've dealt with this with Modern American Dance Company in terms of usage rights for songs and things like that. You can't just use anybody's song that you grab off of Google or, or YouTube or someplace like that and start using it for your work. First of all, it may even be shut down on the platform because they do monitor and recognize copyrighted material, but uh, but you can run into trouble doing that too. Absolutely, you can run into trouble. So you, you want to make sure that if you're going to use someone else's work, then you obtain the rights to do so. Um, you can get an assignment of rights, you can get a license to use. It, it just all depends on what you're doing. And so I highly recommend speaking with an attorney to determine what you need to do to obtain, obtain those rights. Okay. Now you work with artists and performers in addition to businesses, right? So that's got to be pretty fun to have that experience. I love creativity and anything that's new and unique, you know, kind of piques my interest. So what's that whole process for artists? Do they need to do both the trademark and copyright? They may. Okay. So it's all going to depend on what they are trying to protect. A lot of my artists, they may have stage names. We definitely want to be sure that we trademark that. If they're using it, people are seeing it. But we also want to make sure their works are copyrighted. Also, we want to be sure that any mark that they're using, if it's on merchandise, whatever they're using, that they have the proper registration as well. But if they've written a song, then we want to be sure that we protect that or they have a dance. Um, We want to be sure that we protect that. Anything that's recorded, we want to protect via copyright. You mentioned content on your website, and what's interesting is we do a lot of work with search engine optimization, and there's a lot of plagiarization that goes on on, on the web, and and some people even plagiarize their own content thinking it's going to help them rank, which it doesn't, which we, we can talk about later. But when we're working with website content and looking at it from a search engine optimization perspective, the content that is published and indexed by Google first usually has the attribution of that content from an SEO value perspective. Not always, but usually, and and so like, if you write that one page of content on your website and then you have another website, you literally copy and paste that. And even if you have the rights to use it because you wrote it, it doesn't help you from an SEO perspective. Does that ever come into play for you when you're trying to help a business prove that somebody is violating their copyright issues? Occasionally, yes. 
Yeah, especially when um, individuals have blogs. Blogs are huge because when people are trying to develop new content, generally we're talking about the same thing if you're in the same industry. And a lot of people will just go on other people's websites and literally rewrite the blog. And from from a Google perspective, if it's 70% different, it considers it different, unique content from an SEO perspective. So you do have to be careful of that. And then there's also, and I don't want to go too far off of this, but, you know, there is also a strategy that works really well called content curation, where you write a blog post and you highlight maybe five or six other blog posts to lay out key points about a particular topic you might want to cover. And as a website content creator myself, you want people to do that, but you want them to give you credit by linking to the original article that you wrote. It's a big, complex issue. I think you're exactly right. It's a good idea to, to seek legal advice because I think a lot of people don't really understand the, the nuances there. So so the copyright has the C. What's an R when you, when you get an R? So you get an R after your trademark is registered. So while you're going through the trademark process or early on using your mark, you can use the TM. But once you obtain your registration, your certificate from the USPTO, then you can use the R in a circle with your mark. And that stands for registered, right? Correct. Yeah. The other thing that I know you do for businesses, and that's to help them figure out the right corporate structure in terms of LLC or corporation or sole proprietor. So you want to talk about what you do there and uh, just maybe a quick overview of what each one of those is and how it may pertain to a business? Sure. So what we do is we like to sit down with our business owners to find out exactly what they're doing in their business um, before they even begin so we can determine the right structure. And a lot can go into the right structure, what that means for your business. So we highly recommend that you get in touch with an accountant or a tax professional just to make sure that you're on the right track. But there are several routes that you could take when you're registering your business. You can be a sole proprietor, you can register as an LLC, you can become a corporation and then transition to an S-Corp or C-Corp, and that's a tax thing. You can have a nonprofit, and so there are different entity types, and it's going to depend on what you're doing, how much money you're making, what you anticipate that, that you may make, and then your business structure may change as you grow in your business. What do you see as the most popular corporate structure for the businesses you typically work with? Here in Missouri, since we have the Limited Liability Act, LLC is the most popular right now among small business owners um, because it provides you with the protection of that limited liability as a business owner, but also it, it can be advantageous tax-wise. So I'm, I cannot provide any tax advice. Uh, I'm not a tax professional, but majority of small business owners, they have been setting up LLCs. Once they grow, they get successful and they're like, hey, I'm making this amount of money. I'm in this tax bracket. Then we have a different conversation. Is it time to switch your entity type? We've talked about the ways that um, a business can protect their brand based on trademark and copyright. What other things can a business do to protect their brand? Businesses can make sure that they register domain names. Uh, that's huge right now. A lot of people grow their business and then they're like, oh, well, I want to register .com, .net, .org. And then they realize it's going to cost in upwards of five, $6,000, where the simple fact that, you know, you let your business be known and you did not obtain those domain names. 
Now we get into fights trying to obtain those, uh, but not only that, any business transaction that you have, you want to ensure that you have contracts, written signed contracts for everything that you do as a business owner. So we help you protect your brand to make sure that you're not entering any agreements that would jeopardize your company or your brand. I think it's really important for businesses to understand that buying a domain name is a pretty inexpensive way to protect your brand. It used to be that you would go out there and buy all the big five, .biz, the .net, info, and all those things. I buy a lot of domains just to protect services that I offer or brands that I do, that I work with. So it's 15 bucks a year, 12 bucks a year, 10 bucks a year, depending on who you buy it from and whether or not you want to get the privacy features turned on or, or, or not. If you've got a trademark, should you buy a domain aligned with that trademark? I highly recommend it just because I've seen cases that as soon as an individual's mark is registered, then the domain name skyrockets because someone has purchased it. They're watching the Trademark Gazette as well to see what's popular so they can profit off of it as well. As soon as you think that you want to start a business and you get started and you're like, hey, trademark registration is the way to go, registering your domain is, is highly recommended. I would assume this is a pretty straightforward answer, but does it make sense for a business to have multiple trademarks? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. One of the things that we do, for example, is we do a lot of different things, but we have like a coaching program we've put up. That's something we've worked with you on to get trademarked. Any products that you might have that are unique, that are truly yours, probably fit that criteria as well, right? Generally, yes. Goods yeah. and services. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about contracts. What type of contracts should a business have in place? Oh, wow. Non-disclosures and yeah. things like that too, right? Yeah, lots of different contracts. So the first contract that I think of when it comes to business owners is the contract with the business itself. If you're an LLC, that's probably your operating agreement because that governs what your business is doing. And so for me, that's the most important contract because that should govern your business from opening to dissolution, whatever that looks like. So that's the first important contract that I, I recommend that you obtain. And then if you decide that you need help in any way, whether you're gonna hire independent contractors, employees, if you're just going to hire someone to do one task for you, you need a contract. Even if they're your sister or your friend, you need a contract. Uh, if you're going to enter into any partnerships with anyone, if you're going to purchase any any amount of goods, you, you want a contract. If you're going to rent a, a building to put your items in, you want a contract. So basically anything that you do, you want a contract. Okay. Do you help businesses, like if they set up a, an e-commerce solution, just even in terms of like writing return policies and, and things like that? Yes. Okay. Now you're based in St. Peter's. And uh, when did you start your practice? We started in January of 2017. But you've been practicing law for a lot longer than that, right? Well, I was in Arizona after law school. I worked under a criminal defense attorney for three years after graduation. So then when I came back to Missouri, I started Hayman Law Office. Okay. All right. Cool. And you're, uh, you've been a member of the Greater St. Charles County Chamber. Anything that stands out? to you about what the chamber's done or how it's helped your business? So the chamber has great networking opportunities. I actually met my mentor, another attorney there, and he's essentially 
taken me under his wing. And so I thought that was a really good opportunity to grow, network. And so I've been meeting individuals like yourself from all different walks of life in the chamber. So it's a great opportunity for me to network. Absolutely. I've been a member, I guess, since 2008. And um, well, I started ChangeScape in 2005. I really kind of followed the same model as what I was doing previously. That was really working at a national or regional level, providing consulting services. And I never really worked in a local economy. So joining the chamber was a real eye-opener for me because it's like, really? People do this to earn a living? I had no idea there were people who had this this type of profession or company or this type of a job. And it's just really fascinating. And learning about other businesses really is a is something I'm very interested in. It just fascinates me to, to understand all of that. And I imagine you get to see a pretty broad swath of different types of businesses as well. Absolutely. I, I love the creativity that business owners have. It seems that every business owner that I come in contact with, they have a different spin on the industry. And I love talking to business owners just like you. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it really is. So... So what else should people know about your business? You have a couple of other things that you do beyond just this um, this particular law practice, right? I do. I am also co-owner of your trademark and your business and trademark BFFs, if I can get it out. Um, that is a business consultancy where myself and Liza Sketa, she's based out of Michigan, we help women business owners build that foundation. So what that looks like, what does it mean to start a business? Not on the legal side, but internally, what does that mean? Does it mean you're tracking your time or goods or what are your KPIs? And you know, what does that look like? What does your mindset look like? So that's one of the other things that I do. And you have a live stream that you do for that too, if I remember right, so. Yes, on yeah. Tuesday at seven o'clock. PM. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. And that, I didn't realize that was just for women-owned businesses. Well, we do service men as well, but our mm-hmm. target market, they're, they're women. We've seen an explosion in women business owners. And we, so we just want to provide them with that foundation to hit the ground running. Yeah, absolutely. Do you help with uh, anything in, in regard to getting certifications at the state or federal level or, or local level for women-owned businesses? In that capacity, no, but with Heyman Law Office, we we can assist with that. Okay. Yeah, because I used to manage federal and state and local contracts for a woman and minority-owned business, and uh, I loved it. I mean, it was a blast, and and I'm I'm really excited to see that uh, the women and minority business ownership is really thriving right now. I think that's a good thing. I'm glad that you're able to help out uh, folks. It can be a scary thing when you first get started in a business. You've got a passion. You may have done some of it before for somebody else, but I learned the hard way several times. Even though I ran a business within a business in a lot of respects, it's still different when when it's your money, when it's your business, when you're the sole decision maker. Different animal completely. Completely. A lot of decisions that you have to make that you didn't think that you would have to make or different things in business that you didn't think that you needed to learn. For example, accounting. How do you know that you need to learn what a profit and loss and a cash flow? Like what what are these things? But you have to learn them in order to see what's actually going on in your business. You can't turn a blind eye to it. Right. Exactly. At least learn it enough to 
to ask some good questions and also recognize when you don't know something, you know, maybe how to reach out for, for some help and stuff like that. Well, awesome, Glenetta. I enjoyed talking with you today. I always enjoy talking with you. We've got uh, your address and contact information on the screen right now. So you're located on Jungerman Road. About where on Jungerman Road? So if you're familiar with the area, we are right in front of the Fritz's Custard in that building, right in front of the Fritz's uh, by Walmart as well. So everyone knows where Fritz is. <laughs> everyone knows where Walmart is. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. And I assume you really prefer people to make an appointment with you, right? So. Yeah, most of what we've been doing this past year is virtual. Our business owners love it because they can just hop on with us via Zoom and talk to us and they don't have to drive to our office. So it's better just to call so we can book a phone or a virtual appointment. Yeah, that's a great point. So, I mean, have you seen a lot of change on the way businesses have to do business because of COVID-19 and and, uh, the challenges that that's presented? I have. I've seen a lot of growth. I've seen a lot of people pivot and change business models. But all in all, as long as the business owner has a positive outlook on what's happening, the businesses have actually grown or thrived during the pandemic. We work with a lot of contractors that you know work in, in people's homes. And one of the first things that had to happen for them was they had to be able to do a virtual estimate. And now some of those businesses absolutely love doing the virtual process because customers love it. It's easier for them. It never is going to substitute an in-person walkthrough in certain respects. But that first step and the time savings that they've seen really become a critical component of, of their business model. And I think the nature of work has changed. And I think we're going to see that effect for a very long time. And I don't know that it'll ever really go back fully to the way it was, but it's fascinating to me. And and again, I think it's the ability to adapt and change to the different things that the, the world you know is throwing at you that uh, that's also an important attribute and aspect of running a business. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Glenetta. Once again, Glenetta Heyman with Heyman Law Office in St. Peter's. Thanks so much, Glenetta. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care. We want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Please be sure and subscribe to the local St. Charles podcast in your podcast software. We'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to visit localstcharles.com for more episodes, information on local businesses, free resources, and a link to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.